0: Hi, I'm Christy Lee, the creator of Canadian True Crime. Join me for an immersive deep dive into some of the most thought-provoking true crime cases in Canada. Using facts curated from court documents, inquiry reports and news archives, I carefully unravel and analyze each case, exposing the pitfalls of the criminal justice system that everyone needs to know about. Find Canadian True Crime wherever you listen to podcasts or visit canadiantruecrime.ca.
1: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production.
0: In the summer of 2022, you really can't go anywhere in Port Alberni without seeing Amber Manthorn's bright pink missing person poster. yesterday, <laughs> Friends of Amber Manthorne are searching desperately everywhere they can think of, scouring logging roads, trails, and pouring over waters for the vibrant Port Alberni woman who suddenly vanished on July 7th
2: and who has now been missing.
0: Amber's army, as they call themselves, have done an incredible job papering this town with posters, with their friends' lovely smiling picture on it. And yet, Amber, Her image, so pervasive in this town, remains missing. At the time of publishing, it's been almost exactly a month since Amber was last seen alive. I'm Laura Palmer, and you're listening to Finding Amber, Island Crime Season 4. I left behind the world of daily news for lots of reasons. The past few seasons of violent crime have been focused largely on cold cases. And I've been grateful for the time. Grateful for no deadlines. When you're talking to families of the murdered and missing, it's helpful not to have the pressure of a looming deadline. But with Finding Amber, I'm putting that pressure back on myself. Amber's case is still open and very active, but every day that passes is torture for her friends and family. And that ticking clock will also mean witnesses' memories are beginning to fade. Evidence can disappear, and finding Amber won't get any easier. So this season of violent crime is a little less produced, uncut, unfiltered, but still victim-focused, with the same goal of deepening the understanding of the case and hopefully surfacing information that will help to find Amber. She
3: is the happiest person you've ever met. Cute as a button. Always smiling, laughing, cheerful. She always was dancing around. She always had this little kind of dance she would do. She was just like a little ball of energy, a ray of sunshine
1: literally. Just a super friendly girl, like never any judgment, never any, just always happy to see you, and just really friendly, Like, like a wholesome girl, you know, like, yeah. She was busy and active, not only within her own life, personally
0: with friends and socially, but professionally as well. She has, you know, kind of several different things on the go in the way of employment. She worked for a local Power Marine store and she also, cleans houses. So she's done that for many years and she has many regular long-term clients that love her and consider her family and their pets miss her greatly.
2: Really happy and outgoing and had a lot of close friends too. Like I remember her core group of friends, like she was friends with those same people, like right through junior high and high school. I'd say bubbly. If you can summarize it, she has this kind of bubbly personality, right?
3: I don't think she had no enemies. She just always wanted Everything happy, her life happy, everyone's life happy. Wanted to help anyone any way that she could. Loved her family and friends more than anything, especially her mom. Loved her mom to death.
0: In this episode, you'll hear more from those who know her. Amber's family is struggling with the weight of this tragedy. Amber is especially close to her mom. They talk daily. She has a sister and a brother. The family can't speak with me right now, but they answer written questions. Here's what they share about Amber. Amber was born in Liverpool, Liverpool, Nova Scotia. She walked at nine months and loved to run. The family moved to Port Alberni when Amber was five. Walt and Lorraine, Amber's parents, had come here after spending time on the West Coast. Three or four years later, they moved back to Nova Scotia to help their aging parents. Amber was born in Liverpool in 1982, June 12th. Born with a big, beautiful smile on her face, the world was her oyster. They came back to Port Alberni with one grandma and two teens, as well as five-year-old Amber. Amber attended school in Beaver Creek. Amber was full of fun as a young girl. I can remember her dressing up our cat. She's great with animals of all kinds. All of Amber's schooling was here in the Valley. She loved school, mainly due to her new friends. She was physically active and took lessons in swimming, skating, and gymnastics. As a teenager, she enjoyed social activities with her friends. And as an adult, Amber continued to have a happy outlook on life. She pursued her interests and maintained her friendships. As to what Amber told her family about Justin, well, she said only that he was a contractor with a business in Nanaimo, which he was going to re-establish in port. Amber's mother met him once, no alarm bells. Many of Amber's friends are also still too shaky to talk, but they send me notes and answer questions. Susan, a family friend from Nova Scotia, recalls how inquisitive Amber was as a child and how her dad just worshipped her. She remembers what a happy-go-lucky little girl Amber was. Other friends fill in the gaps. I'm told Amber lived most of her adult life on the island here in Port. But she was married for a time to a man named Mike Walker, who was from Alberta, and she lived with him in Parksville and in the town of Okotoks, Alberta, for a while. Amber wanted to be a mom. But when the relationship fell apart, she moved back to Port to be close to her own mother, In one of the local TV stories I watch, I hear a man out searching for Amber refer to her as Chip. It turns out there were two Chips. Amber and her friend Danae were known as the Chips. Danae agrees to meet with me to talk to me about her friend. She has to work later in the day, so we meet up early. Danae lives in a lovely wooden home on a rural property, not too far from the lake where Amber lives for the last decade. Nice yard. I don't really know what to. That's say. A, I think I think I've got pretty good levels for you, so we're we are good to go. If you want to start by just telling me your name and what your relationship is with Amber. Okay, my name is Danae and Amber and I, think first became
3: friends 1987, probably. And I became really close about 20 years ago, like I'm attached to the hip. (laughs) Did everything together. Um, We had the same nickname. Everyone called us both the Chips. So she was Chip. I was Chip. We'd um, do everything together. We wore matching outfits. Yeah, it's really hard not having her around right now. Our friendship goes for like our whole entire life pretty much.
0: Tell me about the chip thing. What is that? Um, <laughs> we, uh, we went to sleep one night.
3: I think we we're probably about 20 years old or so, eating a bag of chips. And we woke up in the morning and she opened her eyes and looks at me and she starts pointing and she's going, chips. And I open my eyes and look at her and, and I'm like, chips. And then chips stuck all over our faces. <laughs> so uh, from that it stuck. So we called each other chips. <laughs>
0: okay. Got, yeah. it. got it. So... For people who don't know her and maybe have never even seen her missing poster, just talk to me a little bit about her. She is the happiest person you've ever met.
3: Cute as a button. Always smiling, laughing, cheerful. She always was dancing around. She always had this little kind of dance she would do. She was just like a little ball of energy, a ray of sunshine, literally. I don't think she had no enemies. She just always wanted everything happy, her life happy, everyone's life happy, wanted to help anyone any way that she could. Loved her family and friends more than anything, especially her mom. Loved her mom to death. Well, everyone. Yeah, just the happiest person. So cheerful, caring, loved animals. Yeah, everything wonderful was, or not was, is Amber in a person completely.
0: I've heard people describe her as somebody with a heart of gold. What did she do in life that, that made people feel that way about her?
3: She made everyone feel special. She would do, she would go out of her way to help you if you were upset. If you needed a hand with anything, she would do any way she could to come and help you. Like I just moved back to town in May And she dropped everything and came over with a girlfriend and packed me up and moved me back home and unpacked me. She just wanted to help everyone and everyone to
0: be happy. Definitely a heart of gold. You talked about being attached at the hip. What kinds of things do you like to do together? We'd go go
3: hiking all the time. We'd go to concerts, music festivals. We'd work together, different jobs. Because she works at Alberni Power Marine, and we'd get to do the boat show every year. So we'd get to go to Vancouver and have a little trip together. That was always a good time. Trips, go to the lake, go hiking. Uh,
0: Can you tell me a little bit more detail about the kinds of things she, she loved in the sense of music or reading or movies or TV, just to give us a little more insight into her life?
3: She liked music, she did dance to or upbeat kind of things. She really liked watching like, (laughs) we'd always watch like Jersey Shore. (laughs) Did she have a favorite artist? or? No, she liked everything, all kinds of music. And we always used to listen to, she liked like 90s and 2000s hip hop stuff you can, you know, dance around to. When was the most recent time you spent time with her? The last time I'd spent time with her was on her birthday, actually, on June 12th. I went over to her house in the afternoon and then spent the afternoon and evening with her so talk to me about that birthday she usually hates her birthdays which i found this was this is really nice to see every birthday she wants to pretend it's not her birthday because she doesn't want to get older <laughs> and she'd cry i swear every birthday it was a, a fun it was funny for us because of course she's going to be crying it was her birthday and i went over there and she was not crying and was happy and uh, yeah I brought a bottle of champagne and all she ever wanted was, she'd always say, she just wants me to be happy. And I recently had a new boyfriend and he happened to be at my house. So she said, well, tell him to come over. So he came out and she got to meet him for the first time. And then she cried because she saw how happy we were. <laughs> and we had a really good time actually, it was nice. And it was like the happiest birthday I've ever seen her have. <laughs>
0: So that's, that's June 12th, 12th right? Yeah. So it's if it's a few weeks later when she goes missing. Yeah. How, how do you learn of that?
3: Her mom messaged me looking for her to see if I'd heard from her. Cause she, it's not like her to not talk to her mom ever. And then another girlfriend of ours messaged me and said that they hadn't heard from her either. And I was over on the mainland and we couldn't get a hold of her and I had no idea what to do. So I ended up coming home. But uh, yeah, her mom had contacted me to see if I'd heard from her. And none of us had heard from her. <laughs> Does she go away from time to time? No, this is out of character for her completely. She doesn't, she doesn't ever disappear and not talk to anyone. And the red flag for me was when she hadn't talked to her mom because mm. she talks to her mom every single day right so they're close yeah okay and then probably numerous times a day but for sure she, I don't think she's ever gone a day without talking to her mom so that was very concerning because that's not like her she right. doesn't pack up and disappear without letting anyone know that's not like her she wouldn't do that and like I said she was really happy when I saw her so I mean she wasn't like I'm 40 and depressed or anything like right. that. No, she was really in a good spot, I felt, in my heart. So it's, yeah, very bizarre that she'd just go missing.
0: There was the suggestion from her ex that she was distraught or upset in some way. Did did you have any sense of that? No. No. I did not have any sense of that. When, like I saw her just a
3: two or three weeks prior mm-hmm. to that. And uh, no, she seemed happy. I talked to her the day before she'd gone missing. So I told her I was going over to Vancouver to go see my boyfriend. And uh, yeah, she was like, oh, great. Have fun, you know, totally being herself. It didn't seem, didn't seem off. So that was the day, the day before she went missing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So do you remember anything else about that conversation?
3: No, she just, um, I told her I made it to Vancouver. And she said, okay, I love you, or I love you lots, or something like that. And that sent me a heart emoji. And
0: then I never talked to her again. Justin, what do you know about that relationship? I never met him, because I
3: was living over in Powell River, when they were together last year. And then they had split up, and I knew that they were Going to try to get back together, but I kn- I didn't think it lasted very long. And then, uh, yeah, I, from what I knew, she didn't want the relationship because she was the one that ended it. And then I didn't know that she was seeing him again this last time, because mm-hmm. I think it was only for like a week or so they'd been hanging out again. Right. And I didn't know anything of it. So...
0: Did she, did she talk about him or? No. 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 Okay. She kept it kind of hush.
3: So not sure why or,
0: yeah, lots of unanswered questions. I don't know. So that initial report when they were both missing. Yeah. What were you thinking at that point?
3: Right away, I just felt something bad had happened that was just my gut feeling, cause yeah, like she wouldn't run away, she wouldn't disappear. That was my first thought. My right. still is my thought.
0: How? What have those weeks been like for you? What What have you been oh, doing? How How are you coping? The first, I think, man, the first week,
3: it was just a blur. It was like living the same day over and over again of. Every emotion, hurt, anger, my heart ripped out, like scared. Everything that would be awful and negative feeling. And it was just living that every day. I'd wake up and then as soon as it would get dark, I would just be a sobbing mess because I knew another day has gone by that we have no answers. Slowly, it's it's not getting easier, but it's getting easier to cope with just day-to-day doing things. But yeah, just wanting answers, knowing all these people have been helping is so wonderful. That has really helped get me through it every day, like in all those people searching. And that really, really helped me a lot. Knowing how many people cared, that's, it's a really good feeling. And uh, it's, it's amazing because she should be loved and cared for that much. Knowing something bad has happened. Or what has happened is, it's awful not knowing any answers. It really is. It uh, takes a lot out of you. It consumes your head all day.
0: Yeah. It hasn't been very nice. What kinds of things did she want to do with her life? She wanted
3: to, well, we used to say we were going to share a baby. One of us would have one and we'll just share it. She wanted, she just wanted to be happy. Um, Have a wonderful partner that she could share her life with, travel, somewhere sunny all the time. She likes the sun. (laughs) She just really, she just wanted to be loved and happy, have someone to love and care for and have
0: a dog, nothing over the top. Justin, in some of his communications, has talked about a concern that she could be with Bad people, or the wrong people, or something like that. Did do you have any sense of that in her life? No, not at all. She, the kind of people that he would be
3: implying that she would be with, she would never be with. Um, she didn't hang around with people that were, I don't know how he would say, like, sketchy people. Mm-hmm. Or no, that was not her thing at all. <clears throat> I know in my heart that that is absolutely not an option for her. The kind of person she is. No, that's not her. Not at all. So I don't know who he's trying to fool or what, but anyone that knows her knows that that would not be an option for her to go do that. She would never. And to pick doing something like that and going with sketchy bad people and putting her friends and family, especially her mother,
0: through this hell, she would never do that. No. As you're sitting here, anything about your friends you want to make sure gets said? Anything that I haven't asked that you think is important to talk about? <clears throat> I just want...
3: I want justice, and I want to know <clears throat> where she is. You know, if it's the worst or not. We need closure in our, our lives, and... Her family needs answers, like somebody knows something. There is someone out there that knows something, and if they had any piece of decency in them, I would really want some kind of answers, an anonymous tip, anything, anything to help, right? Because, yeah, she deserves that. I think that's all I have to say.
0: I'm back at the lake, back at Amber's house. This time, it's a grey, overcast day. Today, Amber's little home looks lonely and sad. It's windy, and her screen door is banging against the back wall of her porch. The weeds are starting to sprout around her yard. We've been through a long, hot, dry spell, and the aging peach tree in her front yard may not make it. I head down to the beach. It's deserted. There are abandoned flutter boards and beach toys. A deflated pink flamingo lies at the water's edge. A plastic lawn chair sits vacant, ankle deep in the water. And I wonder if Amber liked to sit out here. In a Facebook post before she vanished, Amber wrote about her love for the lake in a note festooned with heart emojis great central lake. It's 10 years this month I've been blessed to call this place my home. I'm beyond thankful to not only be surrounded by its beauty, but more so the people that have come with it. I love you all. Way too many people to name, but you all know who you are. I'm meeting with another friend of Amber's down at the lake today. Mike is a diver and has also been out at the lake searching for Amber. He's been diving for work this morning, and when he pulls up in his truck, he looks tired and sad. Okay. Um, so why don't we just begin, if we can, or actually if you want to have a drink first. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's beer clock somewhere, Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh we could just begin by having you say your name and what your connection is with amber
1: my name is mike uh, shignitz i um i've known amber for at least 20 years she was a good friend of mine's roommate back in the day and just became friends and just really cool Uh,
0: you know what i'm gonna stop you um it is it is getting too windy okay uh so are you okay sitting in my car oh yeah. yeah yeah okay doors open so you can get some air blowing through okay so we're still rolling there i'm sorry i am gonna just start from the top again
1: yep my name is mike Shignitz. um connection with ambers uh, i was seeing a girl years ago and she was a roommate of hers and and you know she's a creaker like myself so we just you well know, we Always just kind of kept in contact and see each other once in a while. It's always a friendly little visit and, yeah, she's a really, really wholesome, nice girl.
0: And so how, for people who don't know Amber, how would you describe her to somebody who's never met her before?
1: Really bubbly, really friendly, wholesome, just like a, you know, like a, not judgmental, not... like stuck up or self-centered just really just nice genuine girl right okay
0: and so that you said was a 20 odd years ago but you've stayed in touch over the years
1: yeah um actually just last year because i run a firewood company too um she bought some uh firewood off me out here right yeah okay that's when I i first met justin
0: okay well i do i do want to ask you about that as well yeah yeah um but i guess how how then did you find out that amber was in trouble that she was missing
1: well i just i saw a little when it first happened saw a thing on facebook said amber just my is missing and I'm like Pff. then i saw i went on to her because she I have her on my friend on facebook and so I went on messenger and it said that she, that she was on there must have been just police or whoever on it but so like Amber I, said, I heard you i missing what's going on like and no reply so then I started talking with a couple other friends and then it kind of got publicized and, I, and then uh, yeah my friend Courtney Gill she says hey, you're diving still I says you're looking for divers so then I organized a dive team and a crew and a boat and came on out.
0: So tell me about that at what point in all of this are you out there searching for hamper
1: uh, it was just right right at the beginning when it all went down because because um, she lived here at great central lake so and i dive out here for other other places during water pumps and flotations so i'm familiar with the lake and the uh, spots that are shallow and where things go so
0: so uh this this podcast there will be people listening who aren't at all familiar with this lake can you just tell me a little bit about the lake describe it for people
1: um it's i believe it's 40 kilometers long or 25 kilometers long i used to do the charter company out to bring the della falls um hikers out because you start from here you take a water taxi down to the, the lake and there's a trailhead up to della falls it's a, i think the second highest waterfall on North America, or BC, or anywhere around here. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it's a really deep lake. I think it's one of the second deepest lakes in BC. Um, what else? It's really straight, really deep. <laughs> right,
0: and what's what? I mean, it looks to me like there's lots of this lake that there's, you know, no houses, no cabins, nothing on is it you know is it is it populated well populated or?
1: um well when i first started doing the charters out there were just uh, there was a few float cabins out here like can you buy kind of like a shore lease um it's all the it's all owned by uh forest companies out here and first nations okay yeah so there's there's float cabins all down there's no structures on the land it's all float cabins so and, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure how many there are now, but there's, when I first started, There's like under, under $20, over 50 Okay. Yeah.
0: But it's still, I mean, today's, it's kind of a cloudy day. There's not many people out there. Does it ever, does it ever get particularly busy out mm-hmm. there?
1: Yeah, on the weekends, because Sprague Lake gets so, so pop, so full of people. So this is kind of, because you can go down here and there's so many nice little beaches all the way down. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's lots of lake to use, so it's, you know, people can go and get have spots and have them all to themselves.
0: So it does get busier out here. Yeah, it? yeah, Yeah. So, so the weekend that, or I don't know if it is the weekend when you're first searching for amber, just describe what what happens. You do you ha- do you have a boat, or are you going out on some? Um,
1: yeah, a friend of mine, a uh, commercial diver, Steve Sear, he's um, just bought a big landing craft. Um, which has the front end that comes down, so it's really easy to get out of and into when you're diving. And, uh, yeah, um, he organized. He had uh, two other divers, too, so we all got together and went into the Dam there in the Boot Lagoon and just did a perimeter search of the whole area.
0: And so we're sitting now just, you know, uh, 30 feet, I guess, from Amber's house, and the docks here so how far away is that
1: oh it's um just to the right so just basically right around the corner it's like the water flows in there goes into the Stamp River and then Spurt River comes into that and but uh, yeah it's from Amber's place it's probably 50 yards okay yeah
0: and you started there because
1: well it's just because that's where our house is and uh, the lakes too deep to search you can't go down, and it's higher than sea level, so it messes with your dive tables. But um, yeah, so we just started off there because the water flows that way. So thought if anything was there, yeah.
0: Is it is it cold? Is the
1: water cold? Uh, it's it's not too bad unless you go deep. Once you like say so you go down fifteen feet, then it gets really cold because it comes in off the of, um, glaciers and all from the snowpack. So it gets recycled quite a bit, but it's just the, the water doesn't get warm. It's just like the top twenty feet is pretty warm, so
0: so when you're diving you're you're going deeper, or what?
1: yeah, yeah, but we just dove in the um just you know, the bridge so the uh, the river out towards the dam um it goes down to the somas and it's it's about i think we went down about thirty feet or so okay. in the deepest spot
0: what's what's it like down there
1: um lots of big rocks there's a big um like it's a lot of uh like um like shale Mm -hmm. shale kind of edges and cliffs and there's three big tree stumps down there and um yeah
0: is it hard to see
1: uh no it's because it's it's pretty clear because it's all fresh water so and there's not a lot of like um like uh mud or anything there it's all when we just gravel and big stone so so
0: you you do work as a commercial diver
1: yeah I typically
0: do. like what kinds of things are you doing
1: um like say just today i uh replaced some zinks on a big fish fish boat script off some barnacles um oh uh, right now because the uh, gill netting's open there i take a few nets out of the props and Okay. And uh, for the tug companies too. Same with them. If they get ropes in their prop, or if they sink a uh, boom boat, I go down and get it. And
0: have Have you ever looked for someone before?
1: I have not. No, this is the first time. And kind of hard because it was a friend of mine, so it's yeah. So yeah. what? What?
0: What? What is that like? I, w- I can't imagine it's, how hard
1: that it's. It's just. It's something I you don't. You can't really like fathom at the time. It's like, it's like, like when I go diving I'm always looking for something but it's just like when I was diving at the time I'm just like oh my god I'm diving from I'm looking for one of my friends not you know I'm not just looking for someone's tools they dropped or, or boat they sunk you know it's yeah I it was it was hard and so
0: was there I guess in in some ways some relief when you didn't find her
1: yeah but at the same time I, I, I was wishing like I could have you know just put some closure to the family and the same I, I didn't want to but it would be nice if I did just cuz we were such good friends
0: mm-hmm. um, I do want to ask you about Justin as well um, but just well while, while we're still talking about Amber are there things you want people to know about her as they think about her case and 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 hope for the best
1: yeah just it's it's just so like unlike her to ever kind of go astray or like just yeah just it, everybody knows her no she's just a, a really good girl like mm-hmm. just like 100 percent like you know so it's yeah it's just hard to hard to fathom that she's missing i don't want to say gone or say missing because you know she is my friend she wasn't she's not was my friend she is my friend so
0: yeah well we we all hope for a good outcome yeah it's hard to know
1: yeah at it's this point. hard to keep that in your mind now at this point because it's been so long but at the same time weirder stuff's happened that
0: is true right? that is true yeah um you you mentioned earlier in our conversation that uh, you know about the first time you met justin Tell me about that.
1: Um, so I was just unloading a load of firewood, and I uh, uh, just was introduced to him as my boyfriend, Justin, and Mike. And he just helped me unload the firewood, and he said he worked in construction. And, like, pretty friendly guy. The like, first time I met him, like, wasn't standoffish or nothing, because like, when they first came out, Amber gave me a big hug. And, you know, so, like, sometimes boyfriends don't like that. But, you know, he, he's cool. I shook his hand, and... It was all good, so it wasn't a jealousy factor or anything like that I, that I felt. So, and he helped me. We, we kind of BS while we unloaded the truck of firewood and then he and thanked me. And Amber thanked me, and I carried on.
0: And when was that?
1: I was last year. Um, probably fall, in the fall sometime.
0: right. So I've I've only seen pictures of uh, Justin and a little video online. How would you describe him physically?
1: Yeah, he's he's built. Like I said, he's he's built. He had the tattoos, and you know, I could tell like anywhere construction. He was he was pretty pretty tough looking guy. Right. Yeah.
0: And did Amber at the time. Like did you have any sense of the relationship or anything or
1: No, like I say, like, like it was it was fine. Like like she introduced me to him, like especially give me a hug right off the bat with him standing right there, where it's like, okay, like right. I, I wasn't gonna go up and hug her just cause I didn't know him and you know keep keep things professional, you know, whatever. So but yeah, no, like it was it was fine, like yeah. She was stacking the wood down below while we were throwing it off and there was yeah, it wasn't any I couldn't tell to see if there's any, like there wasn't any odd animosity or anything between them. And so.
0: Um, one of her friends described her to me as a Beaver Creek princess was, I believe what she said. Yeah. And there was this kind of idea that she was a, you know, a bit of a girly girl, but also had this kind of other side that loved the outdoors and all of that. So like when, when you think about your friend now, how how do you think about her
1: yeah pretty much describes as beaver creek princess she's really cute you know and like blonde and like just and just a bubbly nice girl you know like so it's just like every time i see her I'm always oh hi because like, she was um she does she's a house cleaning um company and where i do my wood on my property she's um she was cleaning the house down at the end of the road so i'd see her every once in a while she'd stop and talk and see how is it going and always it's super friendly yeah
0: well i i hope you get a good resolution to your friend's case
1: yeah like it's just yeah it's i'm trying to think about it too much you know just kind of like keep it on like hey you know she's just missing it, i know she's she should come back so yeah yeah it's, it's tough but like i say, it's just you got to keep positive
0: Ken Watts is also a friend of Amber's. He's known her since school. Ken's indigenous name is Wamish. He's the chief of the Sushat Band, one of 14 nations that make up the Nuchalnath people of Western Vancouver Island. I meet with him on their traditional territory, at their office on the banks of the Somas River. He's a young chief, energetic looking. He's a busy guy. As I sit waiting to speak with him, people keep stopping to ask him questions or fill him in on something. But he's generous with his time with me, and we head outside by the river to talk about Amber.
2: I was a former classmate or peer of Amber. We went to school since I was in grade 7, I think, at Alberni uh, A.W. Neal School here. It was middle school, there were... Junior high at that time, and right up until I graduated, we went went to school together. So I, I I've known her since I was you know thirteen years old, and I always stayed in touch through social media, and always was a friend. We hung out numerous times in high school, and yeah. So when when we found things happened, we just as it's not just me as an individual and wanting to help out. I knew her connection to our store, it's a shop market, regular customer. That's actually to be honest, that's where I've probably seen her the past. Three years is always at Sishot market is where i'd bump into her we talk on social media once in a while but and that's a like one way to say that in touch but in person was always at Sishot market because she lived out or lives out i should say lives out out at the lake at great central i know she's connected to a lot of our community members too that i went to school with that are sishot as well and so when we found out they asked you know to have an event at Sishot market and you know i thought it was a good kind of just coming together at first and I think that kind of led to other you know a lot of the other work that they've done as a team there and as community members and Syshot Market's been really helpful too and they've supported them and done whatever they can to do to support them because they know she was a customer and she was like really bubbly and always happy to be there so they're you know they're hopeful that we'll see her again and I think at Syshot we've done our what we can to help out a lot on social media that's kind of been our, our thing we have a big you know we have over I think over 5,000 followers on our Facebook page so whether you're Sishat or First Nations or not, there's a lot of people who follow our page, so we offered that right away, and we have a communications team who helped with some posters, too, to help create those, and I think the space through the Sishat market for people to gather when they need to, I think we'll always provide that. It's a nice common space, and it's an easy to get to, and it's, you know, it's makes sense for a lot of people. Like I said, there's not just maybe a personal connection, but there's other Sishat that have a connection to her at the market, or went to school with her the same, same time I did. And We just, we want to support it, and I, I always say it in our culture, our hereditary chiefs, or our hawth or plural is ha'owya, they have a responsibility to, to look after the territory, right? The land, the air, the water, the animals, and the people too. So we kind of feel like an obligation, even though they may not be citizens of our community, when things happen, we feel like it's, it's our job to step up, especially at like emergency situations. We just step in and come and help out culturally because we try to make sure spaces are safe and that they're cleansed or brushed or you know, taken care of in a good way. But I think for this case too, it just there's, there's connection to our community and our community members, and it's so close to home, like uh, where she where she lives I shouldn't say lived where she lives at the Great Central. That and I've said it before to to the team there. To if, if we can help out anymore, uh, we're we're happy to. So.
0: You mentioned you've known Amber for some time. Yeah. Like going going back to when you were both like, teens, I guess, yeah. or early teens. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to me about what you what you remember about her from that? Time in your lives.
2: Yeah, I always remember hanging out at lunch times with her, and always like really bubbly, like always just just happy. And she just had like a distinct voice too, and just like a distinct personality. But she uh, she was always like really friendly, like right from the probably the first time I met her. Like, she was always, never mean to me or anybody I knew. Like just always really kind. And it's kind of like the same thing people here at the fish market. You ask their staff, like yeah, she was always really happy when she comes here, and they were pretty shocked, right? So. Same thing with me. That's that's what I remember is, you know, growing up and going to school through those years, like always just friendly and just really happy and outgoing and had a lot of close friends too. like I remember her core group of friends, like she was friends with those same people, like right through junior high and high school. And it was always the same people like she had a broader, you know, group of friends, but like her core that were the same for a long time, like some of the people that you'll see helping. And I know a lot of them that weren't at the event at the Sisha Market, the first one. And I I got I get that because a lot of them are still they're still probably even now processing like what is going on like is this real like are we really looking for Amber I'd say bubbly if you could summarize it she has this kind of bubbly personality right and just I
0: wasn't able to be at that event can you tell me about it I've, I've seen some pictures but yeah what, what so
2: they I know it was really just they're like we just need to gather and we don't really know what we're gonna gather about or what we're gonna do and. You know, they kind of talked about next steps. I just offered our support, like if there's something we can do in space, even even if it's just space. Like if you need a place to gather, we can talk about other areas in our community that we can provide. And our our, our cultural leader on our council, Ed Ross, he's always good at just stepping in and says, "Well, we want to support you culturally." So he got up and sang a prayer song for them, because he went to school with her too. They were almost the same age. I think Ed was maybe Ed is maybe a year or two older than her, so he knew her. Same thing from middle school or junior junior high up the way at the high school. So. Yeah, he offered a prayer song for her and making sure that the family and the friends there had you know good energy and try uplift their spirits because it was you could tell it was really it was so fresh on everybody's mind. They just it was like everybody was lost though. It was like it's like a cloud when things like that happen. You don't really know what you're doing or what's going on, and that that's what I gathered. They're like, we just need to come together. We don't really know what we're gonna do, and I think that's all we wanted to do is offer our support and do that cultural piece and just say, hey, you know, we're here to help any way we can and. The market like i said they stepped up and said yeah definitely meet here it's a great place to meet and we love having her here and hopefully we can she can return home soon so
0: your community has also well there's been so much going on in recent months with the pandemic but also of course with the residential schools um what, amidst all of that why why was it important for for you mm-hmm. to extend yourselves your your resources in the community at, at that time
2: yeah i think like i said i i feel like it's not just me personally or ed personally on council it it's the whole territory here like i feel like we're coming to a point where we just we need to just step up when we need to step up when it's in our territory and whether they're a community member or not or they're a visitor just supporting where we can And I think that's our job. It's, you know, when people say we have to look after the land, it's not just the land, but it's our visitors that pass through. Right. It's like, you know, even I share highways, like we make recommendations to highways. It's not always just for Sishabh members. We want to help make sure that this is a safe place for everybody. When they come here and visit or they live here, they live, play here, you know, whatever it may be. I think it's just like this obligation that we we've always had. And now we're just, we're trying to adapt to modern life, right? Like this, this isn't the way things were back in the day, right? We didn't have trucks roaming by from all over the country, passing through, but we've always felt an obligation to look after the territory and everything within it. And so we're just trying to get back to that in a modern context and adapting to it, right? So, like I said, I think we'll continue to support, especially when incidents happen with individuals in our in our territory, even if it's just coming and providing a song or providing a prayer to somebody or providing uh, cleansing or a brushing of an area in things that happen, it's like, It's part of that obligation of our chiefs to do. And it's our job as council and staff here at the office just to support them. But ultimately, it's it's our hereditary chief's responsibility to to look after, they call it, taking care of. And we call it which again, it's it's not just land, but it's like everything within it from point A to point B and everything within it and below it and above it, right? So I think that's all we're doing is really just reclaiming what, what our responsibility already was. We're doing the best we can, though we have.
0: (laughs) It's my sense here in Port Alberni, and I am a relative newcomer, that sometimes um, divisions or tensions in the community are highlighted along, you know, Indigenous, -indigenous, Mm non-Indigenous, but also along class lines or development versus environment, Mm -hmm. you know, what have you. But, But on this issue it does feel like the community has been more together and i'm wondering why you think
2: that is i think maybe that's just human nature is we we go through these challenges like a pandemic and like burials and unmarked graves at residential schools and people just naturally come together and support one another and i think when incidents like amber going missing happen it's like one of those things where people don't think it's going to happen here Like, oh that'll never happen in our little town here that's not And so when it happens it's like hey we need to come together it doesn't matter who you are where you come from or how old you are or what family you come from or what region of port alberni like you just come and help out right and i think that's i think that's what's been awesome to see is all the different people from all over helping like even the people on you know the same thing that are connected to amber through the quads and ATVs and things, like they're going out and doing what they can to help. I think the pandemic probably had a lot to do with that. It's like, you know, what? We, we appreciate life a lot more now because we've had to been locked up for two years. And when something happens, we all just step to step in and help out any way we can. And I think uh, I think it's only going to get stronger too. Like the outpour of support in our community when the, since the findings at to come Loops, it's just increased our support. I, I say indigenous people are supported now, right now more than ever in our history. People are like, hey, what, the average Canadian is like, what can I do to help? Like no one should have had to find unmarked graves in their community at schools there's there's no place for cemeteries at elementary schools right um, so I think it's just it's, the world's changing and I hope it continues to get better because there's a lot of other a lot of other hate out there in the world and we don't need any of that right so I think it's awesome to see people at portal Bernie come together like all those people that are volunteering their time and helping out right it's like I think I've i'll share with them again like if there's anything we can do to help out we will but i just i think it's awesome the amount of people that just have pitched in and have looked all over right like i I see see the maps and the grids and the areas people have gone and searched like that's that's amazing because it's especially on the atvs and things like that the people in the back trails like fuel's not cheap these days to travel and but people are just willing to do what they need to do to make sure she's found and she comes back home and it's i know it's tough for a lot of people too like i think when missing persons are things like this happen it's tough to go to the worst case scenario but if we when when try to put out the good energy that she's gonna come home and so I, I try not talk about it like the past tense like she's gone because I, I think she's still here and I believe she will come home and that's that's the biggest piece right is encouraging people to put out the, the good energy that she's gonna come home and she'll be safe and sound it's really easy to get caught up in the you know telling yourself the bad tapes of what may happen but I think yeah try to stay positive and
0: Amber is so well-loved by so many. I'm beginning to understand why the town of Port Alberni is so determined to find Amber. While her disappearance is certainly out of character, it may not be a crime. Anyone who may have information and has not already spoken with police is asked to contact the Port Alberni RCMP at 250-723-2424. And if you want to help support Amber's friends, you can join them on Facebook through the group Finding Amber Manthorn." I'm Laura Palmer, and this is Island Crime Season 4, Finding Amber. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show.